Hello, this is Shoshana Pupko with the Ava Torah Women's Parshat Shavuot Discussion Group with Parshat Nitzavim. Our Parshat begins with Moshe calling everyone's attention. Men, women, children, regardless of tribe, rank, age, or position. His purpose was to renew the covenant with God, the Brit they made at Har Sinai. And for this, everyone had to be present. Before getting into the content of his message, Moshe stated clearly, I am renewing this Brit not only with those of you who are here today, but also with those of you who are not here today. And we'll talk more about what this means in a little bit. Moshe then continued to articulate some of the most fundamental principles of Jewish life. He tells the people that no matter how far they may stray from God, God will always take us back in love. God will gather us from among the nations which we will be scattered. Moshe added, Umal Hashem Elokecha et Levavcha viet Levav Zarecha. God will open up our hearts and the hearts of our children, Liahavat Hashem Elokecha, Bechalavavcha, Uvachal Nafshacha, Lemaan Chayacha. So that we'll be able to love God with all of our heart and soul, and God will be able to sustain us in life. Moshe told the people, the mitzvot that you're commanded to do, they're not too perplexing, nor are they out of reach for you to be able to keep them. They're not in the heavens, nor are they beyond the sea. The truth is, your ability to keep the mitzvot is closer than you realize. The parsha concludes with the poignant words, Re'inatati lefanecha hayom etachayim v'yatatov v'yatamavet v'yatara. Before you stands good and bad, choices of life and death. Ubacharta b'chayim. You have the ability to choose life, to follow in God's ways. As this is your source of living and endurance. Let's look together with Rabbi Sachs's guidance at the deep significance of one message that Moshe just conveyed. He expressed clearly that no future generation should say that God made a covenant with their ancestors, but not with them. They shouldn't say, since we weren't there to give consent, we are bound to God and God's laws. Moshe was explicit in saying that the commitment being renewed is binding on those who were there as well as on those who were not. Any listening ear can hear the controversial nature of these words. Converts exempted, we don't get to choose whether or not we want to be Jewish. That choice took place more than 3,000 years ago, and every generation thereafter is bound by that commitment. And it wasn't until the 15th century in Spain that two commentators, Rav Yitzhak Arama and the Abar Benel, raised the question as to the fairness of this arrangement. They asked how God could expect those who didn't personally consent to feel committed. 
Rabbi Sachs spent a lot of time thinking about, talking about, and writing about this question. In fact, it was the impetus behind his book, A Letter in the Scroll. After raising the question posed by Arama and Abarbanel, Rabbi Sachs elaborated on the when and the why. When did Jews start asking why they should be committed simply because they were born into the religion? And what were the circumstances? Why did they start asking this question? Rabbi Sachs was intrigued to better understand the factors that led to the shift in Judaism from being one that is passed down as an obligation to being one of seeming choice. Rabbi Sachs explained that for centuries, the question of should I remain Jewish didn't arise because the answer was obvious. I'm Jewish because that is what my parents were and theirs before them as far back as I know. For much of Jewish history, Jewish identity wasn't a choice. It was a fact of birth, a fate, a destiny. But in the 15th century Spain, things changed. Jews found themselves excluded more and more from public life until they were expelled in 1492. There were immense pressures to convert and Jews found themselves questioning their loyalty. It was this reality that led two great leaders of Spanish Jewry to talk openly about why every generation should feel bound by the commitment made by their ancestors. Allow me to share with you Rabbi Sachs's response. He maintains that not every obligation that binds us is one to which we have freely given our consent. He writes, it's a, it's a peculiar post-enlightenment delusion to think that the only significant things about us are those we choose. The truth is that some of the most important facts about us, we didn't choose. We didn't choose to be born. We didn't choose our parents. We didn't choose the time and place of our birth. Yet each of these affects who we are and what we're called on to do. He continues, we're part of a story that began long before we were born and will continue long after we're no longer here. And the question for each of us is, will we continue that story? The hopes of a hundred generations of our ancestors rest on our willingness to do so. Deep in our collective memory, the words of Moshe continue to resonate. It's not with you alone that I'm making the sworn covenant, but with, with whoever is not here with us today. We are part of that story. We can live it or we can abandon it, but it is a choice that has immense consequences as the future of the covenant rests with us. Our generation thinks about our commitment to Jewish life and continuity to different degrees and variations. For some of us, it's about which details of Jewish life will remain unwaveringly committed to. For others, it may be more about where we draw the line in our engagement with the broader world. And our children are confronted with the question of why be Jewish pervasively in their modern Orthodox education. We dedicate enormous amounts of resources to ensure that our kids are engaged and inspired consistently. And if we take a step back and ask, ourself, and ask ourselves why this is such a priority, I believe that we'll come to the conclusive truth that we're concerned. We wanna do our best to ensure 
that when our children grapple with their own commitment to Jewish continuity, they'll answer in the affirmative. There's an article I'd like to share with you which impacted me deeply on my own journey in discovering the role that I would or at times may have seemed like I wouldn't play in Jewish continuity. It was written by Dr. David Schatz, an Orthodox Jew and university professor of philosophy. The article is entitled, The Over-Examined Life is Not Worth Living. The title is an intended challenge to the famous dictum of Socrates that the under-examined life is not worth living. Dr. Schatz expresses with eloquence, with wisdom, and with personal experience that there's only so much external analysis you can do to solidify your religious commitment. Far more impactful is living a deeply meaningful Jewish life. It is analysis, if we can even call it that, from the inside out, not from the outside in. Reflecting on this, let's talk briefly about a trend we see happening more and more within our modern Orthodox communities. Our children feeling more comfortable and settled in a religious lifestyle, which is to the right of how they were raised. And it's a given that this is a complex issue which involves the personality of the child, the people and factors that drew him or her, and many other aspects. And I really have no intention here of passing judgment. There are both wonderful aspects as well as those that truly complicate what was previously a more cohesive family dynamic. The reason why I raise the issue in this context is because any time our children move in a direction different from how they were raised, we should pause and take a good, honest look at why. As parents, our responsibility is to be clear, consistent, and, a com- and communicative about our religious values. Our kids may go in directions that we didn't intend or foresee, both right and left, but that is not fully within our control. What we can do is give them a solid foundation so that when they grapple with the question of why be Jewish or why remain Jewish, they'll be equipped to answer with knowledge, with confidence, and with joy.